Hey everybody, this is Tamara. And this is Jennifer. And we know it's been a really long time since we've posted a podcast. And I want to start by saying that May 2020 has been a, a rough period of time for a lot of people. And I think the reason that Jennifer and I have not recorded a podcast in the past month is that there, there were a lot, there was a kind of a wide range of emotions over the course of the last few weeks with uh, everything with COVID-19 and that. Uh, Mother's Day, we had some a, a remodel going on in our home that finally resumed after several months of nothing happening. And on top of all of that, with uh, the riots and protests and the death of George Floyd over the last week, I think we're just spending, spending a lot of time kind of reflecting and feeling, I know I've been feeling very emotional. And so I don't want to get on here and, and, uh, just start crying and blubbering <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so I thought it was best to wait until we were kind of, at least I was in a better frame of mind to share a podcast and have it be focused from a positive perspective. So thanks for your patience. So I want to start, I think we could start by talking about COVID-19, how that impacted our lives. And um, I think not just you and I, but our children and people that we know and love. And, you know, I'll let you start. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, So... So as you can tell, these are always impromptu, and I never know when I'm going to actually speak. Um, So COVID-19, you know, being a doctor of clinical nutrition, I I take a very different stance on what a lot of people do in the medical community and and what is being said out there. And I know for me, I was very frustrated this whole time with you know, the, the approach that is being taken. And I too ran the gamut of emotions. One day I would be excited, like, oh, this is going to be a possibility and people are going to start to wake up and realize that they need to focus on their health and put themselves first. And then I'd be angry because I couldn't go to the gym and I couldn't take care of myself in the ways that I, I was. And so it was up, down, sadness, happiness, crying, angry, frustration, And, you know, and then obviously we were locked down, all four of us together, and we'd never done anything like that before. I mean, we would spend our few hours in the evening together, uh, having dinner, you know, playing games or whatever. Uh, And that's if we could corral the children and force them to interact with us (laughs) because we're no longer cool. Um, I don't think we ever were cool. I was. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll leave you to your beliefs. (laughs) They might be, you know, delusions, but we'll leave them at that. Um, You know, but now 24-7 in the same house together. And it's hard. It is. It is hard. It's really hard. I think, you know, it's, um, that's something really, gosh, I mean, you said this many times and I, I think it's, it's spot on, but you know, the whole with COVID-19, the direction from government and health officials and, and I think governing bodies that people tend to trust was, you know, quarantine yourself in your home. And you have the saying, 
quarantining is when you put a sick person, you separate mm-hmm. a sick person from the healthy people. Yeah. That's not what this is. No. This felt a lot more like house arrest. House arrest. I yeah. the only thing is I didn't get my fancy bedazzled, you know, anklet. <laughs> <laughs> we can work on that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but there were times where you and I were not always on the same page and I know that I asked you frequently, are you upset with me? Are you mad at me? Have I, I experienced done something? a lot of anger, which yeah. is an uncomfortable emotion for me. So that was, it was really hard for me because, and I'm, I'm still feeling some of that anger. Um, anger is something that's really hard for me to express. Just, I think as a woman, I was, you know, exactly. raised and taught that, you know, you, you keep your shit together and you know, you, mm-hmm. you're always calm and cool and collected. And if you're not, sweet. then you're the bitch. Yeah. Or you're too outspoken or you're crazy or you're psycho or whatever, all the negative mm-hmm. labels that people put on women who speak out and express themselves. And so I myself have really been struggling with that even, you know, and I think it's important to say that, I mean, even to share anger with you, my anger with you, like I, yeah. we were talking about this last night. It's such a difficult uh, emotion for me to express because it's so uncomfortable, you know? Um, and I think a lot of, I think people, a few friends that I've talked to have, have relayed sort of feeling the same way. Like they're, they're sad or they're angry, but they, they're really uncomfortable expressing the anger, especially the sadness, not so much, but the anger is really uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and I think you really hit the nail on the proverbial head when you said that as women, we are taught, don't be angry. It's okay if we're crying, right? Because that's our hormones and we're crazy and all of these things that we're labeled. And I hear that a lot in my practice from the women that I work with, you know, that they've been told over and over that they're crazy. And they have these experiences. We have these experiences where anger is completely justified. But through our upbringing, and you know, no fault being pointed at our mothers, our grandmothers, etc., because they were all taught exactly the same thing. It's a generational thing that just keeps being handed down. But we're taught that we keep that to ourselves. And we don't express it. And then when we want to express it, we don't know how. Yeah. And so then we're afraid of it. We're afraid to just say, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. And this is why. And to get that off. And instead we swallow it. Yeah, which, which I mean, it starts to affect our health. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, for, for those of you who are listening, I, I've probably, I mean, thank God I don't own a scale. We don't have one in the house, but... I would say in the last three months, I've probably put on at least 20 pounds. And it's not that I'm eating voraciously or not getting any exercise at all. It's that I'm stressed, constantly stressed. I'm, you know, I, I range, the, that range of emotions is very broad and it's like, da- it's a daily roller coaster and it's been that way for a few months. And, uh, you know, I just think it's important for us to, to acknowledge that and to be honest about, you know, that's, that has a lot to do with why we haven't shared a podcast in a while, because I said, you know, until I feel like I have (laughs) something positive to share, I don't want to share. That's the purpose of this podcast is to, to be open and honest about what we're experiencing, but also to do it in a way that helps other people. So I think that 
what you're talking about, Tam, is this, the, the idea of stuffing your emotions. You know, you say you're, you're not eating voraciously and, you know, you, it's not that you're just sitting around on the couch, Netflix and chilling all the time. It's, you have these intense emotions and so you end up stuffing them or, or making food decisions that maybe are less healthy. Yeah, and I, I don't feel like it's so much my food decisions. I feel like it's just this constant state of heightened anxiety more than normal. Okay. I already suffer from anxiety and depression, but I feel like it's been heightened. Both of those things have been really uh, intensified with the situation that we're in the last few months. And then, you know, as we're kind of coming up and out of COVID-19 quarantine or house arrest, whatever you want to call it, all of a sudden, all of these things start happening, you know, related to George, the death of George Floyd and police brutality. And I am feeling a lot of things about that as well. And so it, it is, but not always easy to put into words what I'm feeling. Uh, so, and because, like I said, a lot of it is sadness or anger, those aren't things that I want to put on you. And you're the person I spend the most time with, you know, you and our kids are, are the people that I'm around more than anybody right now. And, and I don't, I, you know, I know misery loves company, but I don't subscribe to that theory and want to bring people into my misery. That's a party of one. You can, <laughs> you can keep that one. <laughs> you know, not to make this, you know, too scientific or too nutritional or anything like that, but you mentioned anger and sadness and, and we talked about frustration and, and all of those are very depleting emotions. They deplete our energy. They take away. And then I feel like what happens is we end up looking for ways to boost our energy, boost our mood. And one of the quickest, easiest ways to do that is through carbohydrate consumption, sugars, breads, pastas, things like that. Those are the quote unquote comfort foods that make us feel good. Well, and you're, you're right. We did, we did definitely. We <laughs> deviated a little. <laughs> we deviated towards the comfort <laughs> foods for a while there. And we just, you know, it was just, it's only been a couple of days that we were like, okay, we're cutting out the, the carbs basically. Yeah, the grains. definitely reducing those. Yeah. You know, and for me, like I feel so much better when I do that, you know, and in all honesty and, and, it, you know, I guess it stems way back to wanting to control something, right? And there's so many things that are out of control that we have zero control over. Like we were talking about this last night. There is nothing that you and I can really do. I mean, we cannot just walk over to the gym and be like, okay, I'm going to work out today. I'm going to break in through the door, then lock doors and, you know, potentially risk being arrested. I mean, that to me is just not worth it. So, you know, with, with taking control of our nutrition again and the things that we eat and the things that we do and the way that we entertain ourselves. I mean, we literally have exhausted everything that we possibly want to watch on Hulu and Netflix and HBO. Like, I mean, seriously. Yeah, we've watched more TV in the last few months than I've, I've, my whole I know life. myself. I probably have watched in the last five years at least. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, but this gives us some sort of sense of control mm -hmm. and I think that you and I are not alone in this desire to find something that we can control 
you know, whether it's our emotional state, how we react to things, the foods that we put in our bodies, the times and ways that we exercise or move our body. So, you know, and I know we're not alone. And I think it's important to note that in addition to those things that are related to health, I think it's also healthier for us to not get too hyped up on the media and, you know, not spend too much of our time watching the news and looking on social media and reading posts and just, you know, and I, I mean, I myself put myself on the next, you know, I went on the next door app, which is the first social media outlet that I've been on in a couple of years, but it was more of like, I I do want to have general awareness of what's going on around me, at least in my neighborhood and in my city. But even that, like if I, I mean, I can get sucked in really easily, you know, (laughs) and, and before I know it, I'll be in the Apple news app. And before I know it, I've read like 12 articles, you know, and suddenly I feel like I'm more anxious and I, because I know more than, and and it's, and all the information is so conflicting, you know, it really depends on what the source is. And so there's no sure way to know what's true and what's not true. Right. Yeah, and, you know, and, and spending so much time going down that rabbit hole is not necessarily a healthy way to approach it either. And I know that there were some times where you and I had some misdirected frustration. You know, so one of us said something and we we extrapolated that and then put it on everything. And like the whole world was shit, basically, you know, our world. Yeah. And I know I had approached you about doing a podcast before and you gave me the same response. You didn't want to do it until, you know, you felt like you could come at this from a more positive aspect. And I wanted to just be real, you know, and let people know you're not alone. Yeah. We're all feeling this way. I, I, yeah. And I, I understand the value of that too. Um, but as somebody who, you know, has suffered from anxiety and depression most of my life. I mean, really, since I was a young, since I was a child. Um, it, it's just, it's, I know that it can impact other people. And I don't want to be the reason that somebody feels worse. I love to be the reason that somebody feels better. <laughs> but I, I don't ever like to be the reason that somebody feels worse than they already did. Yeah, that's hard. You know, and then when you perceive that you are the reason that they feel worse, it takes you down into a very dark space, you know, that it furthers your dark space or your dark hole. And yeah, I mean, the misery loves company thing. It's definitely something that is accurate. And I think I talked about this before in one of our podcasts, how our brains are hardwired towards negativity. They are hardwired to protect us in whatever way they can protect us. And for some people that, you know, life sucks, I'm never going to be able to do this or that, or, you know, why even bother trying? That is the old ancestral caveman. You're going to be attacked by a saber-toothed tiger if you go out. And they don't have any of those positive moments that you and I cherish and really thrive on and, you know, try to foster. And I think that you and I kind of fell out of the habit of trying to foster our own positivity and our own, 
you know, gratitude and things like that, because we had all of these messages of negativity. Everything is bad. The whole world is crumbling. We're all going to die. We're going to, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to kill your neighbor and all that. And, you know, it was so, it was prevalent. It was everywhere. It didn't matter where you looked, who you talked to, everybody was freaking out and it impacted us. And I feel like in some ways it impacted our relationship too. Absolutely. Well, and I think not just our relationship, but I mean, I think about relationships with, you know, my family members, my immediate family members and my closest friends have been impacted by this and having a different perspective and a different view on this whole thing than what they have. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really tricky to navigate. It's been really difficult. So having said, you know, having shared what a difficult time we've been having, which I think a lot of people can relate to, I would love for us to kind of talk about some of the things that we have been doing to get ourselves out of this funk that we've been in. Um, like I can't share that on here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's appropriate for sharing? Oh goodness. I'm always being censored somewhere. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) our family listens to She's bright red right now. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I didn't say anything inappropriate. (laughs) You'd like to. Um, (laughs) so I think to start with you, you mentioned that, you know, we were, we've always been really good about expressing gratitude. We had this practice Mm -hmm. where every night, just before we would fall asleep, one of us would say, I'm grateful for, and, you know, fill in the blank. And then the other person would say, and I'm grateful for, and we would share that with each other. It was such a sweet moment every night before we fall asleep. Such a great way to like, you know, just settle in. And we got out of that habit and, and it also got to a point where you would do it, but I would kind of be like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't feel grateful right now. I don't want to, but as soon as I said (laughs) the words, you know, I'm grateful for, I would feel better just a little bit, but it was enough to notice that there was a difference. So we've gotten back into that habit, Mm -hmm. which I love. Um, We also been trying to look for creative ways to have fun. Um, yeah. for example, Oh, she tried to drown me. <laughs> we had, you know, we had a rare weekend to ourselves last weekend and, um, it was the first time in months that we've had a weekend alone and we ended up having, we got, we had to leave our home with our two cats and stay in a hotel room for five days because our, our floor was getting refinished. Our hardwood floors were being refinished, but I, I decided to rent us a jet ski on Lake Taps something that you'd never done. Nope. Never <laughs> and done. You, and you were willing to try. Of course. And um, Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> I should have checked we, the insurance policy information. <laughs> we had a blast, though. I mean, it was we, fun, yeah. We laughed. The first hour, you were nervous. And you, I was. And you were reluctant. You, you almost wanted to get off the jet ski, but you stuck with it. And, you know, bravo to you, honey, because you were trying something totally new. You're out of your comfort zone, but you're willing to do it. I had and, no idea was at the, what was at the bottom of the lake that could kill well, me. Well, and I really, I want to make sure our listeners know that you before before you fell off your jet ski, which is what happened, you you figured out how to splash me really good by turning your jet ski and 
accelerating in front of me. And then when I, when I went to get you back (laughs) later in the day, when I went to get you back, you ended up leaning. I don't know what you did. Well, let me let me tell him. Let me tell him. So, yes, I was very, very nervous. But I realized about an hour in that the slower I went, the less control I had over the jet ski, which for me was like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But so I started speeding up. And one of the times I thought I was going to hit your jet ski. And so I was like, oh, shoot, I got to turn. And that was the moment that I realized Oh, that's how I splash. Uh-huh. And so the first time I did it was a total accident. It was. The second time, oh no, that was an intentional tidal wave that I was like, oh, I'm going to get you And back. I was drenched. You were, yeah, you were drenched. So I was like dead set on getting you back. You were. And so we were like chasing <laughs> each other around the lake. And mind you, there was only like a couple of speed boats out there and maybe like one other jet skier and the lake is very large. And so we were just zipping around playing chase this whole time. I started to then get seasick and I was like, oh, so like I turned around and started heading back to the dock to just kind of chill out for a little bit. And I didn't know where you went, but I was just focused on don't puke. You don't own these machines. (laughs) And so I got back to the dock. I sat down for a little bit. You came and caught up to me. And then I went to the car and I took one of your Dramamine and then I came back. And after that, I was okay. And we went back out and I and and I had completely forgotten like you had this vendetta against me at this point. And so we're (laughs) just... Quay pro baby. (laughs) So we were just bopping around or whatever. And I caught up to you and we were both stopped. And all of a sudden you rev it Uh and turn. And my brain went, oh, shit. And so I tried to turn the other direction away from you. The jet ski went to the right. I went to the left. Then I know the jet ski was coming over on top of me. And I fell into the water. And the moment I hit the water, all of the recollections that I had of reading the signs of, (laughs) we now take tribute to the people who have died in Lake Taps. There's at least one person. I'm going, oh, my God, it's only me. I'm the first person. I'm going to die. And, like, there's hypothermia signs everywhere. I am literally dressed in all my clothes. I had gym pants on. I had my bathing suit underneath, a, a shirt, my sweatshirt, sweatshirt jacket, and my gym bag on. And I'm just feeling. Plus the life vest. Yeah, and my yeah. life vest. I completely forgot yeah. about that. Thank, well, thank goodness thank I had goodness that, on, had that on, right? On I probably would yeah. have been dragged down by the, like, tap monster. <laughs> and so. So I'm trying to scurry back onto this jet ski, which I can't scurry at all because I'm being weighed down and there's nothing for me to push up on. And it was just a disaster. So now I'm dripping wet and I'm like, oh, that's how this goes. (laughs) Yeah. So she tried to kill me. And then, of course, I ended up feeling bad because because I had my fun, too. (laughs) But okay, so we we have been doing that. Another thing that we tried was I said, hey, have you ever been to a shooting range, like, to shoot a gun? And you were like, no, but I want to try it. And so we did. We went to a shooting range, and we got some brief instruction, and we shot guns for about an hour, and I think it was very empowering for both of us. Like, the the feeling that, wow, if, if I had a weapon and I knew how to use it, and I was trained on how to use it, I could protect myself and my family. Yeah, absolutely. Which has led us to signing up for a class this weekend that we're going to take. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really realized was that after, you know, because with my degree and my background, I've actually dissected a human being. So I know where all the internal organs are (laughs) and which ones, if I hit them, they're not going to survive. Just saying. I might know that information. (laughs) 
so when we would pull the target, I would be like, yeah, that was the liver. That was the spleen. That was the intestines. Yeah, it was it was, it was was very different from going to the shooting range with my brother. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Who collects guns? So, yeah, no. It, it, um, and you know what? I think that's what we have to do these days is we have to kind of think outside of our normal, you know, because that, this is not a normal time. No. Um, but it's it's still important to have fun and feel joy and have a laugh, you know, and and just enjoy the time. And and I think, um, you know, the more that we can do of that, the better that we'll feel. Yeah. What else? What am I missing? I know there's other things we've been doing. You you've been forcing me to exercise, which I'm well, not you big... make it sound like I have a whip or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you you're you're sorely missing the gym, Ugh, like you mentioned. It's ridiculous. Yes. And so you've been and you've been very good about exercising regularly but i have i haven't i've never been really good about it um but you know you've you've encouraged me to hey let's go out for a walk hey let's drive here and go for a walk hey let's get out of the car and tootle around and you play know, frisbee yeah play frisbee yeah. and um ride our scooters you know our electric scooters yeah those types of things um so just to be more active well and for me gardening I yes. mean, I, I love having my garden and I had mm-hmm. one when I was down in Southern California. I didn't have one when I first moved up here and I missed it. But for some reason, I always felt like I'm not staying at this house. And now I know why I was supposed to meet you and marry you. And, but the real kicker for me is that I'm actually enjoying being outside, yeah. which is just a <laughs> phenomenon to me. I'm like, yeah, I like seeing outside from my window, um, but I'm thriving on being outside. Well, and I think part of the reason why you started the garden a little bit, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that, I mean, you were going to the grocery store and like aisles were empty of food, you know, shelves were empty, freezers were empty. And you'd been thinking about it for a while anyway. And I think you just kind of felt like, well, this is a way that I can grow my own vegetables. And we, cause we do eat a lot of vegetables and this is something that I can do for the family and I can contribute and, you know, and you've gotten, gotten a lot of joy out of it. I think it, though, if you could figure out how to plant and grow toilet paper, <laughs> we could like really make a business out of this. A toilet paper tree. Yes. Yes. That gives a because whole I new meaning still, to toilet papering. I still, I was at Costco two days ago and I still couldn't buy toilet paper. That's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And yeah. I remember Who's saying, eating it? I, I remember saying to you as I walked out the door, like, I'm going to grab toilet paper. And you're like, oh, we're good on toilet paper. And I said, no, we need to stock up because, you know, COVID-19 is going to close everything back down again. Yeah, in the fall. Yeah, so. Or another virus that gets spun out of control. So point of that is, people, stock up on the toilet paper while you can. No, don't, because we need to be able to buy some. (laughs) Stop it. If you're in the Tacoma area, knock it off. Yeah, but if you don't live in Tacoma, stock up on the toilet paper. Yeah, or mail us some. Our mailing address is, no, just kidding. (laughs) Is there anything else you can think of that we've kind of done differently in the last few weeks to kind of help bring us out of out of the spunk that we were in? Well, I know that I've done a lot more art. I've been exploring different mediums. I mean, I have pencils and colored pencils and things like that that, you know, I put to the side because I always told myself I suck at drawing or, you know, I can't do this or whatever. And painting was always my thing. And, yeah. you know, but I've started doing other things like when we're watching a movie. Well, 
don't really feel like painting today, but I can sit here and draw. Yeah. You know, and still be able to be present. And I think a lot of what helps me is being present and realizing, you know what? Outside these doors, there isn't much I can do. Could I join a protest? Sure. Could I write letters? Absolutely. I've already done that. But what I need to do is focus on myself and how I'm going to get myself and my family through this situation and come out stronger on the other end because that's really what is important. I think any what you just said is so important too that I want to repeat it, which is focusing on yourself because there is so much that is out of our control but by being really present and focusing on ourselves and our needs and taking care of ourselves first, we're better able to take care of each other. And we have a lot more to give to each other in that way. Yeah. When you give to yourself first, then you have more to give to others. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. And um, I think we've said it in past episodes, but if you have ideas or topics that you'd like us to talk about or you want to hear more about or something that you yourself have experienced and you'd kind of like to hear our take on it, we would love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. And please share this podcast with your friends, families. It doesn't matter if they are newlyweds or not. I mean, we're just having real conversations between the two of us. And if you find this helpful, I guarantee you somebody in your world or your circle is also going to find it helpful. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a good rest of your day. And stay safe and healthy.